Hey, welcome to the Lifehouse Newport News podcast. Thanks for joining us. Our vision is to bring life change through Christ to all people. And we believe that happens when people say yes to Jesus. Do life together, get in the game and leave a legacy. If this podcast inspires and challenges you to grow in your faith, subscribe to ensure you don't miss a single episode and share it with someone you know who may need it too. Again, thank you for joining us today. Now, let's get to this week's episode. We are on a series called Jesus On, where we're looking at what Jesus would say about some of the most controversial topics of our day. Why are we talking about these things? Well, our proclivity is to forget Jesus. We have a tendency to let culture and popular opinion shape the way we think and live out some of the most important concepts and ideas of our day. I mean, so far we've talked about privilege, we've talked about politics, we've talked about love. So today we are going to talk about greatness. You know, I've enjoyed the videos before the sermon um, where we have a group of people that are saying what they think a certain topic is and then what Jesus would say on that topic. And for today's topic on greatness, um, I really liked the answers um, that people gave, the opinions that people gave. So it's made me think, what if somebody came up to me and just out of the blue and asked me, hey, excuse me, let me ask you a question. Um, what do you think greatness is? I think I would have a lot of questions of, first of all, why are you approaching me? Um, <laughs> cause that's me. And I'm like, why would you be approaching me? Ask me this question, go away. Um, but what if somebody did, what if somebody asked you that question, what do you think your response would be? And I want you to take a minute, just take like 15 seconds here while I'm talking and just write down, either put it in the comments or write it down on a piece of paper near you or put it in your phone or tell the person beside you what you think greatness is. What is your definition of greatness? And I think that that's going to give us an idea as we continue forward. So what does greatness even mean? Um, I really enjoy looking up the definitions of words because it can bring clarity. Uh, sometimes we grow up thinking a word means something that it doesn't. And so we can put a lot of weight and we could put a lot of feelings with these words and then carry them around for a long time when it doesn't even mean that. So we are going to define it. Greatness is the quality or state of being great, as in size, skill, achievement, or power. When you go back and think about your life and you're growing up, you probably didn't feel like you were anything or anyone unless you had something to be great about, maybe something that you could do great. Um, it's like you didn't have a purpose if you weren't great in at least one thing, right? Have you ever felt that way? I mean, I, raising my hand, I've felt that way. I'm like, ooh, cheerleader, or ooh, horseback riding, or singing, or acting, or dancing, tap dancing. Um, <laughs> there's all those things where you're like, I gotta be great at something. So from the beginning of our lives, we've had this weight on us to be great in some way. And then I'm sure, like how I felt and how you probably have felt too, is that you feel like a failure when you feel like that you can't be great in anything. And we put this unnecessary expectation on our lives and we mark ourselves by it. When greatness is so simple. Now I'm gonna say something and y'all are probably going to laugh and think it's funny and that's okay. Um, go ahead, 
laugh it up in the comments. Um, but in our culture, one of the biggest things uh, they try to show what greatness is, is it's found in the sports world, okay? Like, I even have trouble saying sports world because it's so foreign to me. I, anyway, um, but in the sports world, who is the GOAT, right? So if you're like me, who did not grow up in a sports world or sports home, um, you have no idea what that means. And I'm sure by now a lot of people understand what the GOAT is. You know, it's been talked about so much, but when I was growing up, People are talking about goat, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. You know, in the background, I don't <laughs> right? So I heard my friends talk about it. I married into a sports family um, where they talk about, you know, who's the goat in basketball? Is it Michael Jordan? Is it LeBron? Who's the goat in football? Is it Tom Brady? Is it Joe Montana? Now, I know what these people look like, um, I know a little bit about their lives on the celebrity side of things, like who they're married to or, you know, what kind of products they put out, stuff like that. Um, but to me, in the sports world, that doesn't define greatness for me. So I want you to write in the comments real quick who you think, just because my husband would get a kick out of this, uh, who you think the greatest sports goat is. And you all can have a fun little conversation for a minute on that. <laughs> um, but when I think about greatness, I am more along the lines of movies and musicals, plays, theater. Um, and most of you might disagree on what I'm about to say, and that's okay. But for me, the greatest movie of all time for me <laughs> in my little life <laughs> is the 1996 motion picture Twister. I'll give you a second to laugh, a few seconds to be like, what is that movie? Uh, and that's fine. Bill Paxton, Helen Hunt, lots of great actors in that movie. Um, first time they used all the kind of like the CGI stuff. Uh, it was it was fabulous, right? Um, I mean, the visual effects, the movie score, the action, it made me want to be a great storm chaser. Now, as you can tell, I'm not doing that with my life, and I'm okay with that now. But back then, I wanted to be a storm chaser. Um, Broadway shows, my two favorite, and I really need to broaden my horizon with the Broadway shows, but my two favorite, Hamilton and Wicked, you had to know I was gonna say Hamilton, right? Hamilton and Wicked, I mean, it would be so amazing to me to be on Broadway. It would be a feeling of greatness. Gosh, just to attend a Broadway show would be a feeling of greatness, but even to be a part of that would be a feeling of greatness. And isn't that what we want? We want to be great. We want to be the best. We want to be the most important. It's this innate desire for us to be great. But as Christ followers, does our definition of great match up with what Jesus' definition of greatness is? What I have observed with Christians is that there are two extremes when it comes to greatness. On one side, uh, they say that God exists to make them great. Just follow him. He'll take care of you. He'll make everything great. 
that greatness and success in the world is what God promises us, and with that greatness comes wealth and health and abundance of earthly blessings. Then you have the flip side of that, and people think that only God is great, so we shouldn't even try to be, that if we strive to be great, it's self-serving, and you're doing it out of pride. They think you shouldn't be great or strive to be successful at anything because Jesus was so humble that we should be the same. So you've got these two extremes. So now we're going to look at what Jesus said about greatness. Let's go to the book of Mark chapter 9. We're going to start in verse 33 and we're going to read it. They came to Capernaum where he was in the house and he meaning Jesus. He asked them, what were you arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet, they, meaning the disciples, because on the way they had argued about who was the greatest. Sitting down, Jesus called the 12 and said, anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. He took a little child whom he had placed among them. Taking the child in his arms, he said to them, whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but the one who sent me. Here Jesus is. He, they're doing a lot of ministry. If you read the chapter before chapter eight, they're doing a lot of ministry. There's a lot of things. Jesus is talking a lot about the kingdom of heaven and uh, they're just doing a lot of ministry. And here they are, they're walking back home. He's walking with his disciples. He's gotta be exhausted, right? And then they start to argue on the road. Now, when I, when I think about uh, men arguing, it reminds me, and this is my interpretation, of my three boys. My three boys who argue a lot because they all wanna be great at something, okay? So these are some of the things in my interpretation that happen in my house with the arguing. So I'm just gonna give you some, okay? So, no, I'm better than you because he talks to me more. No, I'm the best, you're stupid. You're an idiot, you don't even know how to be great. And that's kind of probably along those lines what was being said by the disciples. Here are these grown men walking with the greatest man arguing who is the greatest man. It's obvious they had their own definition of what greatness was. Jesus asked them, well, what are you talking about? And they're embarrassed to even tell him. Then Jesus sits, and when Jesus sits, we stop what we're doing and we pay attention. He calls them to come because he already knows what they were talking about, what they were arguing about. So he says, anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. First of all, Jesus didn't bash the, the disciples for wanting to be great. He didn't discipline them. He didn't call them out. He didn't yell at them. Jesus did not bash them. So why do you think he would bash you for that innate feeling to be great? He's not. God is great. We're made in his image. You have this innate desire to be great. 
So Jesus used this opportunity to teach his disciples and to teach us by redefining what greatness was. Greatness is serving. What does it mean to serve? It means being humble enough to put others before yourself, regardless of your position, your status, your title. I mean, doesn't that sound very opposite of what the culture tells us? You can serve others, but don't forget to serve yourself first, right? So let's get back to what your definition of greatness is. I want you to look at it, read it for a second. Whose definition of greatness are you living by and living from? Serving isn't a cultural position. It's about the posture of your heart. We serve because Jesus served us. He didn't have to, but he knew what his purpose was on earth. In Matthew 20, 28, it's one of my favorites. Um, and I'm going to read the message version of this. I wanted to share it with you. That is what the Son of Man has done. He came to serve, not be served, and then to give away his life in exchange for the many who are held hostage. In Philippians 2, 5 through 8, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. We can be free to serve because we have the king of the universe serving us. I want to share a quote with you. It's from Martin Luther King Jr. It says, everybody can be great because anybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and your verb agree to serve. You only need a heart full of grace, a soul generated by love. It's that simple. Jesus redefines greatness and then takes it one step further. Okay, we've got our definition, and now he's going to take it a step further, like Jesus does. He used a child as an example. Uh, verse 37 of Mark 9, Whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but the one who sent me. See, in biblical times, children were not held in the same high regard as they are today. They were used for labor until they were grown. They had no power or social status. They were not put on a pedestal. They were on the bottom, the lowest and the last. And so what does Jesus do? Jesus hugs a child. A simple act of love, the giving of attention and affection. Jesus is saying, this is what I'm talking about. In verse 37, where it says the word welcome, anyone who welcomes me. Welcome can also be translated as receiving someone. To welcome them in the name of Jesus is to do this on behalf of Jesus as his representative, as his servant. 
Jesus is saying that greatness comes from accepting the lowest social status in order to serve others. In this case, a child. You put yourself below the lowly one so that you can love and minister to their needs. Instead of the lowly ones focusing on you and lifting you up, you focus on them and you lift them up by serving them. And what you will find is that you will not be serving a nobody. You will be serving Jesus. Greatness. It's serving those who don't look like you, talk like you, act like you, smell like you, see the world like you. Greatness is helping those around you that are in need. So I want us to look about some ways this can impact our lives and then how we can apply it. This whole idea of greatness is serving. I think the first thing is that it's okay to strive for greatness, but you need to let Jesus define what greatness is in your life. And I also think that you can be great in every area of your life, your vocation, your marriage, your relationships, your social life, your family life. Why? Because you can serve. It's a rare trait. Serving for some people is just checking off a box of a good deed. Like, look at me. I did a good deed. Look at me. I'm doing this. Look at me. But I challenge you when you're serving, I want you to actually see the person or the people that you are serving because they are Jesus. We are going into the season. I mean, this is supposed to be a pretty fun season and this has been a weird year, but that doesn't mean you don't have to serve. There are many ways that you can still serve your neighbor, serve your family, serve your community. And are you able to serve anonymously without throwing yourself of this is what I've done, this is what I'm doing, filling your whole social media feed of every good thing that you're doing by serving? I mean, this is the season to be Christ-like. So let's be more like Jesus, to serve and not be served. Thank you again for joining us today. If you need prayer, have any questions about what you just heard, or said yes to Jesus for the first, second, or third time today, please reach out to us at lifehousenn.com or text 757-690-2401. We'd love the opportunity to pray for you and help guide you through the next steps in your faith journey. In the meantime, we hope you'll join us online next Sunday at 9 a.m. or 10.30 a.m at lifehouseonline.com or in person for a live worship service at 8.30 a.m. or 10.15 a.m. at the Regal Kiln Creek Theater in Newport News, Virginia. Visit lifehousenn.com for more information or to reserve your live worship service spot today.